then you'll wake up in a buzz. Hey, 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 hey. I'm a mother just in beast. What the fuck? <laughs> How much? So much we can't broadcast. Welcome. To the Movieville.org podcast, episode number 39. Oh, brilliant. It's, uh, the equipment is feeding back, let you know that you are indeed welcome. Okay. Hi. Hello. How, how are we? I'm Curran. Oh, yeah, we're doing that again. Yep. I'm Chrishell. <laughs> how are you? Which weird sounds weirdly like uh, the, the, the most... Accurate pronunciation of my name I've heard recently is Diolingo saying Couchon. Couchon. Je suis Couchon. Je suis Couchon. I am pig. <laughs> what is going on? How are you? I'm good. I am had a busy week at work, but I'm um, happy to be here now. We've had some, we've basically thrown out three different scripts and decided um, we're going to make this show, not the other three shows. So this will be interesting. I'm intrigued as to how this turns out. What are we doing today? Today we're going to be breaking down Southpaw, but as well as that, we'll be talking about a couple of films. South that Pole. South, Southpaw. 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 Um, and then we'll be talking about a couple of films that we've seen in the last few weeks, which is Brotherhood. The Brotherhood? Yeah, Brotherhood with the... Oh yeah, we watched that part of shit, didn't we? We did, yeah. It was a sequel to Kiddo- Adulthood. Adulthood. And then we're also going to be um, talking about Sausage Party. Sausage Buddy. Sausage Party. You said Sasha's body. I suppose that is the same thing, isn't it? Because <laughs> we also watched that. Yeah. And we were intrigued by that. Oh, yeah. That was good. Yeah. Okay, cool. What else have we seen? Magnificent Seven. Uh, Mag Seven. Um, yeah. Which we'll be talking about as well. More so Magnificent Seven and Sausage Body, which we'll be talking about <laughs> primarily. Okay, what have we been doing outside of uh, this? Oh, wow. Uh, Any more around the world tours? Not yet. That's good. We're getting there. Yeah. Um, I feel like I should be looking at you when I talk, you know? I feel like I'm looking at nothing when I do this. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is weird. I'm looking at your profile. Which no. Is strange. You, do you want to move all your shit around? <coughs> yes. Oh, this is why you come off mic, because you look at me. Yeah, because I'm doing the same thing. I'm, I'm looking at you like this. Okay. I'm not going to look at you now. I'm going to talk like this. Okay. Yeah. yeah, let's do that. Okay. So the second pre-roll is now finished. And <laughs> we should actually talk about interesting things. Yes. What have you been doing? Um, We've been... Uh, what have I been doing? Working and... Uh, Watching shows. Shows? Yeah. Continuing Stranger Things. Oh, TV shows. TV shows. Sorry. Okay. Not like cabaret shows. Okay. Um, also start a new show called um, Hell on Wheels, which isn't a new show. It's a 2011 show, which finished this year, earlier this year. Uh, it was airing on AMC. AMC? We don't have AMC here. What? I mean, the... it aired originally on AMC. 
Oh, okay. So what, uh, what do I get it on? Amazon. And it's good. Why is it? Why is it good? It's based around um, it's the time they call it a period drama, right? That's what they call it, um, as in you know. And then uh, it's based around post Civil War time, not the Marvel Civil War, but the actual Civil War. Uh, and it's the story revolves around when they're trying to build the I think it's the Union Pacific Railroad. Railroad. Union Pacific. Yeah. Okay. Um. And it's just you know you're not one of those people you're not one of those people trying to say specific are you no no Union Pacific it is Pacific it is Pacific it's not yeah. specific no it's not specific okay because I, I keep meeting people that say Pacific specifically and yeah. yeah specifically yeah that really stresses me out as well yeah it's okay. specific all right yeah um yeah it's like a Western show Western type show gunslingers and all that nonsense uh, oh that sounds good uh, it is interesting it really is interesting it's is it a lot of action or is it a lot of talking? Oh, yeah, no, it's both. There's a good balance, I think, because there's a lot of action and a lot of talking. But it's interesting stuff. It's not just boring, you know? And how true. So this is like sort of, um, okay, it sounds interesting. I was just looking at the, I looked. I know I looked at the, the page earlier. Is it, how true to the period is it? I mean, is it mollified for TV or is it, does it keep shit real? Um, I'm not, f I am not fully educated in the ways of the West. So, I, you know, hey, this is, what does that mean? The ways the of the West? The Western ways and how things used to run. Oh, back Western then. film ways. Yes. Western, yeah, yeah. Not like you Listen, just came from India, another yeah. place. Yeah. I don't get the vest. <laughs> just um, put the vest on. Vest on. Westworld? You said the Westworld? We did watch Westworld, yeah. Westworld was another thing I watched. Yeah. Um, it's funny, actually. I started watching this Western stuff after we watched Magnificent Seven. I was like, I wonder what else is out there. So then I ended up watching Westworld first in 1973. Oh, you've watched it? Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. I haven't watched it since around 1974. <laughs> no, I wasn't born. Um, I think I watched it in the 80s. I thought you were born in the 60s. No. <laughs> oh. This mic is too high today. I'm like, ah, how do I get? Should we move around the mics? Like, oh, that's better. I just adjusted it. Okay, I'm good. I'm good. I can't do that. Um, yeah. So what, what, what did you think? It was, good. it was. I think it was ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of old. I was really hesitant to watch it because older films to me, I always kind of struggle to grasp or even to to try watching because i don't know if i'd be um if i'd be able to understand i don't know the way it's shot and all that kind of stuff but ever since i watched 2001 space odyssey uh, i've oh. been a lot more open wow. to okay when did you watch that oh long time ago oh okay um but i, I hadn't watched it since maybe what four or five years ago six years ago so it's pretty late i was late to the party but no, no, it's fine. Well, this is kind of what this podcast is about because um, um, movies. Okay, so we like movies. I, I like movies because they are an interesting reflection on society. And when you watch older movies, you get to see um, how society saw itself in many ways, in, in in terms of how things are portrayed and interpreted on on yeah. film. Um, and things have changed over time, and now you get to experience an older world and you get to see how people saw the world then. And there's a little bit more naivete, I think, um, 
I can't concentrate. I just really, really want to share that you've just mentioned 2001 and Hal is another one of the Easter eggs in Alexa. Oh, is it? On, on Amazon Echo, yeah. Oh. You can say something about this. And... I'm afraid I can't do that, David. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, what else have we got? I bought an Amazon Echo and that's my new friend. Alexa is my new friend. Actually, my wife's friend. She's getting on very well with her. It, her. It's weird. Weird. Uh, that's what I've been doing. Um, playing with technology. You've been doing Alexa? I've, well, no, I've not been doing Alexa. That's not a, a skill that you, I've managed to download yet. Um, <clears throat> does bring us back to Duolingo, though, where, where the, the, uh, the simulated voice on Duolingo says the word monkey. Um, Sarge? Sarge? Um, in a very strange way. Donk is another one you'll find. What's that? So, donk. Soap. Donk. Soap. Donk. Yeah, so, so, so. Oh, donk? Yeah. Donk? She, she goes, donk? Oof. 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 <laughs> okay. So, Duolingo is another thing I've been doing a lot of because uh, we, we um, uh, my wife and I started a sort of try to push a bit of a campaign to say, come on, let's all learn French because then everybody moved to Canada. Because Canada looks nice. It seems nice. You it like, is, you is like Canada, don't you? I love Canada, yeah. So um, I don't know if anyone's moving to Canada. I don't know if we're moving to Canada. But um, definitely learning French. Done a lot. A lot of XP points on Duolingo. So um, yeah, spending a lot of my life on that at the moment. Uh, I started playing Deus Ex, the Human Revolution 2011, I think it is, version on the, my old Xbox. Ready for the new, uh, new game. It's, it's good. It's really hard, but it's good. It's a brilliant, uh, brilliant game. Um, when is that movie coming out? Deus Ex. I don't know. I feel like they were planning one. I didn't. They didn't really. It didn't never panned out. Hey, is it Timothy Oliphant? The voice. Yeah. Ooh. Because it sounds like him. It sounds like him when he's in a mood. And he's doing Jensen's voice. Mm. Is it him? Let's see. Alexa, who plays uh, Deus Ex? His name is Elias Tufexis. Tufexis. Might be Greek or something. No, that's not him then. Hmm. Uh, okay, where should we start? Mag 7? No. Let's start with Brotherhood. Let's get it out of the way. Yeah, Brotherhood. I think this was one of those films where we kind of, kind of almost had to watch just to get out of the way film. Uh, out of respect? Yeah. Just to kind no, of... An old Clark thing? Closure. A closure type thing. Oh, I didn't care about closure. And no Clark. For me, that was the only thing. It was like, hey, UK filmmaker, um, he's had a, a bit of a tough time of it since he started, before he started. He's worked hard. He's got to a good place. Then he embarrassed himself on TV playing Mickey and Doctor Who for a while. It was funny. It was nice to see him. Uh, he's getting back to the yeah his roots yeah getting back to his roots. Um, <laughs> but he didn't. He really didn't. A bit of that. Well, no, that's more of a you thing. Uh, Doctor Who is a bat. What? Doctor Who? I don't. Don't know. You don't know who Doctor Who is. I don't get Doctor Who. You've never watched Doctor Who. No, I probably won't either. No, but that's my point. You've never watched Doctor Who. Mm. 
Mm. Brotherhood. That's the look mum gives me when I said I don't know what religion is. What? That's the look mum gives me when I when I say I don't know what religion is. Why do you say that? I don't. I don't like like explicitly say that, but I just you know. This is dangerous in our culture because there's so many religiony religiony people around. Yes, it's like everyone's afraid of sacrilege and stuff, which is interesting because that's kind of going to be part of our conversation in a minute about another film. So okay. Big spoilers in this episode. If you haven't seen Mag 7, Brotherhood, Sausage Party. If you haven't seen Brotherhood, you're one of the lucky ones. Um, wow. Oh, so awful. It was really good effort. It was a um, good story. Terrible performances. There was like three people in the entire thing that can actually act. How do they? What did you Also, think? dialogue was just horrific. Dialogue we- was- atrocious there were several times throughout the film me and Gushal would, would just turn to each other and say what the hell are we watching why did we come here and we would just we were we were actually the only ones who would stop laughing at the dialogue because it was so horrible it's just yeah it was like someone had written a first draft of that movie sketched out some dialogue that someone could roughly say in this scene and then just filmed it with that dialogue yep no, that's exactly what it was yeah it needed some serious work it was it was a nice concept, but just really badly put together. So, um, yeah, give it a miss. Uh. I don't know how, how, I mean, it was entertaining, definitely. But I don't know how true of a reflection it is of our streets today. You could probably answer that question. I'm not sure, <laughs> I'm not sure why you're pointing at me. You're a fellow thug. <laughs> You've, you, you street thug. Tell us. How accurate was it? Uh, nah, mate. It was rubbish. That's not how it goes. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I have had two, three different parts of my life where areas of my life where I've had to um, experience interesting, interesting things in society. Um, yeah, I won't talk about that now. But uh, I'm going to say it was a token gesture to represent things it was more of a if some of it felt like some kind of weird noel clark fantasy who produced that film please don't tell me it was no clark well someone's just messed with that script or just decided to express their opinion or expression of a violent urban fantasy who is it no clark oh no uh, a guy called jason jason mother mother who was the um dude in that film the Cockney guy. The Essex guy? Yeah, him. Him. He wasn't Cockney. Uh, girl called Maggie Monteith. Maggie Myteeth? Gina Powell. Don't know who that is. And George Isaac. Yeah. They'll produce that film. No Clock is up on the list of it first. 64% on Rotted Tomatoes. Obviously, Warner Brothers had a hand in producing the film then. Three out of five by Empire. I, I, I would agree with that. Three out of five. It's probably worth watching if you really love that series of films and you just want to see No Clock in a film and all that kind of stuff. Oh, such a disappointment. I really, really wanted it to be good. That was so annoying. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Random sex scenes as well. Yeah. That was really weird. Really weird. Strange. 
strangely intense. Well, the sex scenes. Yeah. Were they? Yeah, that was that one bit where he did. Obviously, uh, wasn't paying attention. European chick. It's like a pretty significant part of the film, you know, when she's with his girlfriend, wife, whatever, is watching it on the TV, and he's going for it, like. <clears throat> oh, okay. Thank you for the sound effect. <laughs> I'm going to have to edit that out. Oh, man. Why would you edit that out? I think you should keep that in. It was a taste of our normal life. There, there's explicit, and then there's that level above explicit. When it, when it becomes adult. Really? Yeah. Because there's special explicit that's not adult that kids can watch. Is that what you mean? Yeah, because kids watch explicit things. I watched South Park when I was a kid. Does that look again? Well, I, I, I'm not going to say anything. I, I'm not saying a thing. This is a terrible place to make a comment on anything. Next film. What? <laughs> what are you saying? Next film. <laughs> Fucking hell. Sausages? Sausage, sausage body? Sausage party. Sausage body, as you call it. Sausage body. Uh, what did you think? I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. It was, um, yeah, it was really funny. Funny, relevant, topical. Good reflection of where we are now. Um, I, I suppose more so people who have grown up in religious households. Yeah, so let's just you know do the whole spoiler thing and say we're yeah. just going to talk about the film with the assumption that people have watched it. Uh, if you haven't watched it, stop the podcast now. Go and watch Sausage Sausage. Sausage Party. Sausage Party. A great film. Uh, brilliant film. Highly recommended. Very funny. And let's get on with the spoiler bit, which is the whole subtext, the brilliant subtext of this film that basically talks. They've just someone, they've, they've sat there and had their sort of conversations about, well, these are imp- important subjects in life. How, how could they can be represented? How can we talk about this? And they uh, have a, a really strong religious subtext to this film. Um, discussing how people just believe random things because someone made it up once and therefore it's now a thing and if you say something against it then you are a fool and that is a subject that's very close to our hearts because we see a lot of suffrage in society especially um our uh subsection of uh society that suffers from uh people just believing random things absolutely yeah and I think um, uh, being one of these sufferers, I could really relate to the film. Um, Are you suffering? I, I used to, I think, maybe. Is, is the you word. used to suffer? I used to. Okay. I mean, not so much suffering as in, you know, I need to die kind of suffering, but... It's an annoyance. Yeah, a frustration, I think. I find it offensive, but I'm not allowed to say that. What do you find offensive? Okay. Which part do you find offensive? Not the film. Oh. The whole... Um, Suffering. Uh, requirement to adhere to yes. cultural religious stuff and yeah. it's forced upon you. Otherwise, you're shunned. No. You're shunned. You are a pariah. You are that person that's decided to turn against the Lord himself. And uh, that that is really irritating because it means no freedom. Yeah, and if people want to believe it, that's totally fine. 
right? It's I'm, really not. But yeah, go I'm, on. No, I mean, it is. I've got no issue with anybody believing what they want to believe if they believe that it's the right thing. That's totally fine. Really? You're basically condoning ISIS right now. Hmm. That's a good point. I'm going to take it there. There are some exceptions. Because, <laughs> um, you know, there are always extremists, right? Extremists. Extremists. Iron Man. Uh, no. 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 Okay. Um, so, yeah, this film was really, I don't know, it really, uh, it resonated with me. Okay. Um, definitely. So, um, yeah, I think um, it, there were, it was, it was uh, they didn't even have to mention religion explicitly because it was just there it was so especially for someone who has grown up in a household with a religion it's it was easy to see and understand what the hell they were talking about in the film it was good really interesting i haven't talked to anyone who's a believer um <clears throat> or, or or one of these people that uh just people that are sort of pseudo-pious they're pseudo-pious people. What they do is they walk around saying, well, there's no harm in it. You should just, you know, just do it. No, no. This segregates society and confuses children and turns them against each other. I'm not going to go down there today because this is not the podcast for that subject. That's another podcast that we're working on. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but uh, this film is great for spark sparking that conversation. So... From that perspective, I loved it. I thought it was a classic film. It's so representative of where we are in society and how that whole humanist or uh, uh, atheist type thinking, rationalist thinking is opening up and spreading across society in a good way, in a way that's being discussed in, an, in, in, a, in a non-offensive way to most people. Um, so shocking that that was the... The, the how that film went down so. yeah absolutely i think uh especially I'm, from america yeah i'm surprised it was even allowed to be made considering the amount of stuff that is um censored i guess it was almost a surprise that it was allowed to be made <laughs> Um, but no you're right i think we should there'll, there'll be a, a longer conversation about this kind of thing in a later podcast but it, um, yeah, definitely one of the better adult animations I've seen in a while. It was good, man. What else have you watched? Uh, Mag Seven, Magnificent Seven. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, for someone who hasn't yet, I know this sounds bad, hasn't yet seen uh, Seven Samurai uh, or the original Mag Seven, um, I enjoyed it. But it was a a user term early it was uh it was a popcorn flick i think yeah this is the troublesome part of it i mean i thought it was a good ish good ish film i did we did slag it off a lot when i came out of the cinema there's a video about that somewhere and uh <laughs> there is it will be up on the facebook movieville shortly oh no it was like disney made a western there was not enough violence and blood, gore. It's no language, no cultural references, especially to the. I mean, Fuqua. What are you work? What are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? What? What? Oh, is that rude? I don't know if that's rude. That sounds rude. Fuqua. There was a black lead, uh, a Native American um, uh, member of 
the the group and um there's another one. Oh, another one. And uh, as they say in America, an Asian guy. Uh, he he looked Korean to me slightly. Uh, um, but what was he? What was his name? He seemed to Billy. Be, Billy something. Billy seemed to be a Chinese or Korean person. But there was no. It was almost. It was very few references to their ethnic background so therefore it made it feel like token gestures um where surely there would be a lot of aggression towards people that came in as equal members of this uh, gang and things like that so that was strange not quite right um and there was more there's so much more it was a very, yeah, it very was, simplistic uh, film yep. it wasn't representative of its history and where it came from yep. i was i'm a big fan of the original seven samurai Akira Kurosawa, but, yeah. uh, it was a dumbed down version of what you would expect it to be considering what it was based on yeah. um, and you're right about the ethnicity thing it was I think it was a bid to kind of fulfill the um, the racial quota if you will and the, the reason uh, it probably wasn't acknowledged was because of that because it was such a normal thing to acknowledge it is to acknowledge that ethnicity is a big thing but they're trying to make it a normal thing does that make sense it does and and the reason that really bugs me is because of the nature of the original film and yeah, where it came yeah. from because kurosawa is from a samurai family and didn't respect the whole credit that was given to samurais he was you know bushy clan and so he wanted to show some of the things some of the ways that samurai would behave and he tried to depict that in um, Seven Samurai, and some of it wasn't respectful, and it was taking advantage of other people that were at different levels in society. And it was a, it was a, it was a critique and an exploration of those things in society that are that we either agree, don't agree with because we don't like it when human beings are separated by things like economics and class and caste. And so that was a, that was core to the original film. Wasn't addressed that well. It was addressed in subtext in the original Mag Seven film, and this film was just like a it just ignored it. That was annoying. But I think um, if we're going to look at it from that perspective, then yeah, it wasn't such a good film. But if we look at it from a standalone perspective, as an as a just a, any old action flick, western action flick, then it was okay. It's just it was any old action flick. Any old action flick. It was enjoyable. Probably wasn't worth watching at the cinema. No. Um, but it was enjoyable. Yes, fine. It might have ignored some of its uh, source materials, uh, I guess, main points. But it was an enjoyable film. Okay. Cool. I think you enjoyed it more than I did. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Fair enough. What we need today? More Fuqua? More Fuqua. Um, I'm a fan of this guy. Uh, ever since training day um, uh, anything Antoine Fuqua has made I've been a big fan of there hasn't really been anything I haven't been a fan of uh, I've enjoyed training day significantly I've seen it four times five really? Times. yeah I love no, that I've only seen it once um, Equalizer I enjoyed seen it twice what the old 80s TV program the remake of the old 80s program yeah uh. um, I, Magnificent Seven I enjoyed uh, and now we're watching Southpaw. So Southpaw, uh, if you're not aware, is a film 
about a boxer who undergoes trauma uh, in between fights and um, goes on a downward spiral and tries to make himself better. Classic hero's, hero's journey, I think. Um, but we're going to take a look at this film and we're going to break it apart. Yeah, this is interesting. I've not seen this film. So we're going to do a breakdown. We're going to do an analysis, sort of breakdown or or a, or an on a, a through film reaction the way we did with um, Pain and Gain and South... Skyfall. Skyfall, not South Park. This is Southpaw. I'm getting myself confused. Skyfall. <laughs> Fucking hell. Skyfall. Um, except the difference being this time that I, I... You've seen this film. I've seen this twice. I've not seen it and it looks great. I watched the trailer. Um was slightly put off by what seemed to be 50 Cent as a lawyer. I can hear the ice cream van. Right, I'm stopping the fucking recording. If that ice cream van's coming, I'm getting an ice cream. Fuck this. See you all in a bit. Right, okay, we're back. You carry on. Karen's just eating the rest of his ice cream. I've yammed mine so fast. Ah, had an interesting chat with the ice cream man. You can <laughs> you can watch that on um, a video somewhere shortly. I'm guessing. Um, <clears throat> yes, oh, we're just talking while we're finishing our ice creams. We were um, did a few other things. I just came back from a, what, what we doing? I feel like I should look. I'm being videoed and recorded at the same time. We went to um, Escape Logic. I went to Escape Logic. I think it's called. Um, in Nottingham, we should these escape rooms. That's what we were talking about. Um, yes, I went to, into a room called Cryptic, which is interesting, without giving anything away because it will ruin the business. Um, it's cool. It's a, you walk into a, you have like this bag full of stuff that an adventurer had when he walked into this tomb of um, some ancient person, and it's all dark, and you get two lanterns, and then from that, from the bits in the bag and the, the, the first room that you're in, you just have to kind of find find your way uh, through the puzzles. Nice. Through the puzzles. Um, uh, from one room to the next until you can get out. You have a, an hour to get out. And it's, it's really fun. It's the second time we've been. And uh, yeah, there you go. I feel like I've done an advert for someone that's not sponsoring us now. So I'll wait for you now. Hey, how was your ice cream interlude? I feel sick. <laughs> Why? I don't think I've ever eaten ice cream that quick before. That wasn't quick. That was, took my time. You ate yours really fast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. There's no sounds. No sounds. No sounds. It's gross. When you people, when you people listen to this on on the bus with their headphones on, it's disgusting. Uh, that was <sighs> definitely strange. Very strange. I but um, thank you for the ice cream. That's all right. Good. Should we get this started? I, I can't remember what we're talking about. Uh, Pourquoi? Okay, yeah. So what we're talking about is we're going to do this film. We're going to uh, do a bit of a story analysis on it. I'm going to do it pretty much live. So we'll keep pausing it and recording uh, because I've not seen this film before. You have. See you back in a few minutes. Once a few minutes. Started watching, um, South Park. Yeah. All right, so you've stopped it. Yes. Let's watch a different film. No, I just... That's not, uh, okay, yeah, cool. Opening scene. Um, he's having a fight. 
because he's a boxer and it's a boxer film. It's cool. Yeah. Um, interesting. Interesting performance. He seems almost unsure of himself. Yes. As a fighter. Yep. Um, and he's showing his age and reliance on that obviously close relationship. The partner's worried about him. Hello. <coughs> Boom. Wow. You're right. Yes. Cool. Uh, and then he's having his um his manliness challenged. Yep. Um I'm a bit put off by Mr. Curtis Walker. Um Curtis. I had a candy shop. She has a candy shop. I have the what you got. What you got? I got the magic stick. Oh, this song sounds the same. Um Fiddy Cent. Uh, what? Fiddy is in Curtis Jackson's film. Curtis Jackson, Jackson. not Walker. Who's Curtis yeah. Walker? Weird, weird, weird yeah. state of mind. Yeah, pretty Curtis Jackson, yes, he's in the film, and he's what is he? Ma- he's a manager. Yeah, promoter, I think. Okay, I'm finding that a bit off-putting. Mm. I'm trying to appease myself by remind- reminding myself that Forrest Whitaker is in this later on. Also, try to think about this way. He's not an integral part of the film. Okay, that's good to hear. Yeah. Okay, that makes me feel better. Yeah, he might be the driving force for a couple of things that happen, but he's not the you yeah. Know, does he die? I can't remember that. I don't think he does. <laughs> All right. Um, but he gets his. Uh, but yeah, I like the opening. Um, like you said, he could definitely see his age. But not only that, he could definitely see... He's unsure of himself. Yeah, that. And I think he's he's clearly been in a lot of fights. He, he seems to be acting a bit off. Um, yeah. He, Something's he's wrong. Been, yeah, he's been hit, obviously, a lot of times. So his speech is slurred uh he his reaction when he's not in a fight is is also quite slow um he seems to be at home when he's in the ring though and that's it's it's this unusual temper tantrum we just had when he flipped that table for an old boxer yeah that's like a young blood reaction you expect it's um i'm wondering what that signifies i like the fact that his these challenges are all subtextual no one's actually saying anything so okay cool yeah on with the show. Hi, we're back. And uh, it's been, a, what, another eight minutes? Yep. And the whole eight minutes was just one scene. It's then back in their room, um, back home again, and he's... Uh, post-fight. Yeah, post-fight. He's actually making things explicit now. Mm. Uh, she's making things explicit. She's um, worried, mm-hmm. obviously seeing the same things that we as an audience just saw. Yep. Um, which is nice. Nice little interaction with his daughter. His daughter's obviously used to her dad being a fighter. Yeah. Um, they have a lovely relationship, it looks like, which is also nice to see. Yeah. Uh, he didn't lose his temper with her. No. Even though she was basically slamming him, saying, yeah, you got a couple of years left and that's it now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought that was nice. Yeah. And it was really engaging. Jake Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Whatever his name is. Gilly Gullock. Oh my word! Look at him. He just transforms himself. Even his voice is different. Yeah, the He's way a he different talks. Different person. Yep. Transformation of his body is amazing. Yeah. He's got <laughs> his big fat slug abs. Yep. Uh, <laughs> who is what's her name? Rachel Mc, Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. That's yep. it. Now I'm gonna struggle to remember where I've seen her. Before. Mean Girls. 
I've not seen Mean Girls. I wedding don't think I'll ever watch it. No, not Wedding Crashers. Time Traveler's Wife? No. Notebook? Ah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See? It's always about the notebook. Oh, man. <laughs> That's a film. That's a fi- We should do this with a notebook. All right, let's get back to the film. Let's do that. That was a very intense scene. It didn't feel like eight minutes. Also, eight Sherlock minutes. Holmes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. You know how when you say that the real credit should go to directors and writers and all the people who do the backstage stuff and the stuff yeah. that we don't see? Yeah. I, I do agree with that. But there are some times where the actors really do deserve the credit. I think this is one of those times. Okay. Come on. I will. I understand where you're coming from because we've just seen the death scene. Mm-hmm. I hope people have seen this film before. <laughs> um, Should we put it in context? Should we just tell them what's happened? So, what's this happened is um, Jake Gyllenhaal's character Billy Hope has come to a uh, what did you call it? Like a function? What is it? Like a charity uh, char- event? Charity function? Charity function. And um, they're about to leave. And what's his face? Escobar. What's his name? Pablo. Um, Pablo Escobar. Nope. Miguel Escobar. <laughs> uh, Miguel Escobar is there. And Miguel Escobar is the person who wants to f- wants to fight um, Billy Hope's character. Nope, Jake Gyllenhaal's character. <laughs> anyway, so uh, he, in an effort That's to... That's how ri- believable he is. Yep. In an effort to rile um, Billy Hope up, he, he starts taunting him and says things about his wife. Uh, and it escalates into a brawl and consequently ends uh, in his wife's death. Um, and his performance... Throughout those couple of minutes, throughout Rachel McAdams' character's death, hmm. was in this film. I think probably the defining moment of his performance. I think. Okay, um, I think that. I mean, no, no, there's no criticizing that. That was a phenomenal scene. Uh, I mean, the other people in the scene were amazing. Her death performance was amazing. His reaction was just priceless. This, this is just a phenomenal scene. I was, I was very impressed. Yep. Um, um, I mean, there was a guy. There was a guy on the side crying there. And I could almost believe that they were filming this with such, with such intensity that the guy is probably actually crying on set. Yeah. Um, I would have left it there and I would have said, Fuqua, nice one. But you've said your thing. So I will respond to that by saying, yeah. But the skill is still not in the actors. The actors are just good tools. Yeah, they're just told what to do. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's how that scene is set, how those shots are decided, how they're put together, um, the pace that's kept of the scene. All this is directed. All this is taken again and again by a director that's molding and shaping and creating this scene until he's looking at the, um, well, he's either looking at the live feedback or he's looking at the dailies the day after and he's, he feels like this is the scene I wanted yeah I mean I don't I don't disagree with you at all I agree with you completely that, that doesn't take anything away from people that do amazing performances yeah. like actors but actors with amazing performances can't make great films no by themselves no that's um, my thing it's just overpaid yeah anyway. I still stand by what I said about him though oh yeah yeah, yeah. I wouldn't take that away Sarge? <laughs> I was literally about to say the same thing. 
<laughs> Let's carry on. Okay, it's just been a couple of minutes and I've just paused it again because uh, we just had the scene with him coming to terms with his wife's death. Trying to. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know if he's... He seems to be at a police station or somewhere. Yeah? Yep. Uh, and I paused it. The reason I paused it is because I just wanted to highlight, again, directing. Cool directing skill. Yeah. He, he drew us in by having this bright light that's coming in through this window on uh, Billy's face. The same bright light is silhouetting out the officer's. Uh, making them feel like they're they're not quite there, yeah. or, or they're sort of not clearly part of. They're that just scene. figures, yeah, yeah. And so we're sort of experiencing his perspective of these just shapes of people around him. Oh, that's that's really nice. That's cool. It's it's, it's a tiny little touch. Yeah, it makes the scene. The scene was literally about a thirty seconds or to a minute, and it was just that was perfect. Uh, yep, was excellent, cool. I like this. Okay, next. Okay, I'm just digesting that last scene, the Rita Ora scene. Um, so he's gone out. He's obviously on the edge. There was a suicide scene, which is good. Uh, writing credit. Who wrote this? I don't know. Who. Kurt Sutter. Yeah. Dudu um, created Sons of Anarchy, actually. Okay, which is... Uh, okay, but this is still good. Yeah. <laughs> Is that not a fair thing to say? No? Whatever. Continue. All right. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> that's cool. Um, the fact that he's got a uh, this daughter and the daughter's not being glossed over. You're seeing the reactions of the daughter. She's mm. obviously very mature. Because in a previous scene, we watched her. Now I understand the previous scene where she was kind of watching him struggle. Um, that she... I'm not quite sure what to interpret from that. I'm sort of getting weird sort of feelings of um, that she is almost like an adult worried about him. Um, She didn't ask for a cuddle or a hug or behave like a child when he came and switched a light off. She instead understood that he needed to be by himself. He became the child and she became the adult in that scene, yeah. Wow, that was amazing. And then like she's she's like with the babysitter, but she's looking at the room and she's worried what he's doing in his room. Yeah. And we know that he's like thinking about yeah, killing yeah. himself. Yeah. That, it's so subtle and so nice that I almost feel like watching Sons of Anarchy. <gasps> Excellent. You should <laughs> that, do it. That is, uh, that's nice. And then the Rita Ora scene. Um, that's a good, um, I think that backs up your point about how the director has to be good if the actor has to be good. She was, okay, she was good, but I don't think she would have been as good if Michael Bay had directed her. <laughs> <laughs> she would have been wearing less clothes. Yes, um, less than she was now. She would have cut open that door in slow motion. Explosions behind her. Yep. Uh, no, she looked She looked dirty. She looked dirty. That was good. Good makeup. Dirty man. <laughs> good makeup, or that's just how she looks in the morning. Yep. Um, so... Cool. Uh, and then he walks off, and then the 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 nice again, very nice touch. This is so well directed. Nice touch there. He just like just just keels over and pukes, which is just it's a perfect reaction to it's a perfect reflective reaction that he's thought about what he's doing, 
it's 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 sort of suddenly settled and he's his entire body has rejected this thing that he's doing yeah there's no there's no dialogue there's no nothing this is this is brilliant okay uh you want to say anything or shall i we'll carry on uh no continue that's good um yeah yeah go on Karen. okay go. okay i just paused it there uh he's had the the 50 cent trying to i don't even know his name which is just 50 cent uh his name in the film he's had a gangster rapper come in and try and get him to sign a boxing contract jordan okay 50 cent jordan is trying to get him to sign his contract that's like do another fight yep another uh, three fights. it seems incredibly intrusive and rude uh we've had the scene where he was angry and realized that all his achievements mean nothing without you know this this woman to celebrate it with you yeah um and now he's eight weeks later and he's having a fight and I don't, I've paused it because, you know, easy prediction. He's going to lose this fight yeah. because now you understand the he point no of the opening factor. scene. Yeah. yeah, The opening scene suddenly, uh, is it, you, you have a natural flashback. They don't even need to do the flashback yeah. um, of him of, with his wife in the, in, in the crowd, which is nice. It's very subtle. Um, so he's obviously going to lose this. And... Um, can I just say that also, um, not that I didn't expect it to, but there are, there are very few films that respect the audience. Okay. Um, you know, during the storytelling, I think this is one of the few films where it does. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't hand everything to us. It lets us. Oh yeah, there's no spoon feeding here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just assumes that we know it, which is which is great. Um, so another reason why I like Kurt Sutter is that he does that. Even when you watch Sons of Anarchy, you'll. You'll see this. He does this kind of stuff in there? Isn't it the boxing stuff? But it's very... It's not spoon-fed. Okay. It's good. Cool. Let's carry on. Yep. Okay, cool. No, no, so uh, what happened? What do we get? We get him with the... Uh, he's in his car. He's drunk. The girl's home alone. Um, before that, he's being told, you know, all these... Negative financial things. Going to have to sell his house. Um, the fight he obviously lost. We knew that was going to happen. And what? It's nice. You feel you're feeling the events from his perspective. Yep. Yeah. You you experience them as he's experiencing them. Yeah. And you're down there with him. Yes. You feel like oh fucking hell, this mm-hmm. person. Um, that was good. And then, of course, he makes the ultimate mistake, which is the system catches him in this state. Mm-hmm. And then you have this lovely visual scene where the system itself is holding him down physically. You've got a nurse and a doctor and a policeman, yeah. and they're telling him about how he was found, and they're literally all pressing him down yeah. uh, in, in almost like a representation of what the state does to you if you are found drunk driving, mm-hmm. crashed into a tree with a minor present. So now he's basically have nothing, so everything is going bad for him. Kid was present. Um, house is going to get repossessed. Everything is getting taken away from him physically, emotionally. He has nothing. We've just kind of, yes, he's just uh, lost everything physically. Now his house has been repossessed. Everything's been taken from him. Yeah, all he has left is a duffel bag, um, with presumably some clothes in. His friend John John, played by Bonap, has been. Uh, What's a Bonap? Bonap. His name is oh. as in Bo. 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 Um, he's picked him up huh? 
his friend John John has picked him up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Bo is it B E A U Bo? Yeah, Bo is his real name. Right. Uh, but his name oh, is no, John John. Okay. John John the film. Um, so he takes him into town and he's bringing him to a place called Will's Gym, which is run by a guy called Titus Willis. Titus Wills? Wills? Titus Willis? Titus Wills. Titus Wills. <laughs> Um, Tadis Wills is also known as Tick and uh, he runs this gym and trained one of the fighters that Billy's character Jake's character had um, fought previously and so he wants to be trained by um, Tick uh, and in order to do that he needs a job as well to keep things going and to prove to the court that he's able to hold the job down uh, but he's refusing to clean the gym so we've just left it at that um, thoughts I feel like I'm watching the beginning of another film. This is brilliant. I've been waiting 49 minutes to see Forrest Whitaker. And here he is. And he just, just blam. He's on the screen. And it's like he just knocks him out with his, with his philosophy and his high-minded behavioral talk around, you can't take this, Jim. You, we, you know, we believe in sobriety. We believe in you know, not swearing. We believe in behaving a specific way. He's talking about discipline. What's up? You keep going far away. I keep going far away. Far away. Uh, yeah, he keeps talking about discipline. He's talking about, sorry. Um, uh, things that take you back. If you've ever trained in a gym or done any kind of fighting or any kind of you know, boxing, martial arts, anything like that, it takes you back into that space where you feel like you want to be the best you can be. You want to be the best person you can be. And he gives him that speech. And he says, yes, and you think, right, this is going to happen. And he's like, yeah, okay, I also need a job. He says, okay, okay, are you going to clean the place? What? <laughs> yeah, like, And then he just tears the whole thing down and says, I'm cleaning a fucking toilet and walks out. Not only that, though, but on another level, he's... We're talking about him being an adult, and it's funny, yes. this whole time he was cuddled by his wife almost, Yes. and now he's he has to work now. He's becoming a man. Yeah. Um, and he has to become an adult by doing these little things that... I guess, in essence, uh, make who, who we are as adults, you know, responsibility and um, conducting yourselves. Toilet in, cleaners. Toilet cleaners and spe yeah, in specific environments. Yeah. Um, and he's being taught to do this and he can't take it because he's never done any of this for himself before. Uh, so he has to work. I he's, love it. I love the arrogant, prideful, childish yeah. reaction this is. Yeah. Fuck this. Yeah, because that's, that is what a, what, a, what, a, what a child would say. Yeah. Um, I'm above cleaning a toilet. Because that's what he thinks. Because he's been handed everything because of all the money that he's he's received from all these fights. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting dynamic, I think. I like the twist on um, uh, the feeling you get where he's, he's where he gets the discipline talk from from Titus Willis. Yeah, Willis uh, Wills. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Willis's half brother. I don't know what's on your mind, but uh, it's worrying me slightly. And. <laughs> And, and you think, yes, this is like the beginning of Rocky and he's going to get this trainer and, and he just says, oh, fuck this. And he yeah. walks out. Yeah, yeah. End of scene. End of scene. Yeah. It's not going to happen. That's uh, it's quite a cruel twist yes. on us as the audience. Mm. All right, let's go. Yep. We're just over an hour in now and we've just seen him visit the uh, social services lady, Naomi Harris. Um, oh, was that social services? It wasn't MI6. I thought he walked into MI6. I'm confused. Because of Skyfall and Naomi Harris. Okay. Um, 
so it's brilliant. We're just, we're just talking about him being an adult, turning into an adult, but it just took a whole back step. Um, oh, that's really nice. F- yeah, following the uh, his his tantrum after not wanting to clean the gym. Yeah. Goes into the social services place and he's completely acting like a child. He's um, not responding well to the social services lady's questions. He's um, fidgety. He's just answering questions like a child. It's it's brilliant. Naomi Harris. Yeah. Oh, that had to be my social services lady. I'm sure you do. <laughs> do you want her to serve? <laughs> oh, okay. Yep. Karen. I don't really. Um, I'm. That was she's a good accent, a good accent. Mm. That was distracting. I didn't understand who I was watching. Yep. Um, so yeah, she's she's uh, nice to see that she's in some American thing. Mm-hmm. Henry to Aura and what's going on? A lot of um, British people, random British people yeah. appearing in this film. Um, plus um, Fifty Cent, <laughs> <sighs> who's not been in it for a while, which is nice. This is the most negative thing about this film so far. Uh, I like that scene. His reactions are so good. They're so natural. He's feeling this. He's feeling every second of this character. Mm. He has the perfect reaction. You know, like, are you on drugs? No. Have you taken any medication? I took an Advil. She writes it down. Mm. Well, you were going to write that down. You took an Advil. Yeah. So this is absolutely the the, 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 yeah. the exact reaction I think anyone would have, which yep. is, what the fuck are you writing that down for? I took a fucking painkiller because I had a headache or whatever. Mm. Um and great performance from his daughter. Mm. She's not two dimensional at all. Yeah, she's maintaining that sense of maturity as well. She's still the adult in this relationship. Yes, um, she knows. She knows exactly what's going on. She knows that he's screwed up completely. Yeah. Um, and she's maintaining that really well. Yeah, and, and um. There's a nice bit of subtext here, which is that she's obviously been reflecting on this, and mm. she's got she's built a relationship with another girl there, yeah. and she was she wasn't happy to see him. Mm. Yeah, she's 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 it's almost like she's it's a very mature reaction that she's trying to come to terms with her reality of living in a children's home. Yep. Even though her dad's there, she has no hope of anything becoming repaired. It's like mm-hmm. she knows she knows him. And 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 that was so clear as the sub, as the subtext of that scene that mm. she did not behave at all like a child. Yep. It's like he died. Yeah. That was so powerful. I had to pause it. Yeah, we're an hour and twelve minutes in now, um, yeah. and uh, he's just he's visited these social services a, few, a couple of times now. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to say <clears throat> what I just saw. Uh, the last, I mean, they they did they did like a rejuvenation in ten minutes. But it was really well done. Mm. This is so well directed. He's um, that bar scene was priceless. He's uh, got Forrest uh, Titus Willis now. Wills. Will Titus Wills. Tick Wills. Tick Will, yeah. You got him. Forrest Whitaker is his new father figure. Weirdly, uh, saw him in a bar, having a nice, real conversation. There's sort of weird Rocky flashbacks that you get when you watch this. Yeah, I see that. A Rocky working in the bar and stuff. Yeah. But it's written from the perspective of our world, not Mm. the world from 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. 20 years ago. All right, fair enough. Um, And then he he has just a sentence. 
Just a, just a single line from Forrest Whitaker. And he says, she's got to, you've got to let his daughter, his daughter doesn't want to see him. Mm. And he just says, you've got to let your daughter go through her thing. Her thing is not your thing. Mm. She has to go through her thing. Yeah. And suddenly that's it. Suddenly he's got acceptance for the situation he has in his life. Mm. That he can detach himself from it. Yep. He can stop blaming himself um, for, for future reactions. And everything suddenly changes. Yeah. And he's training the kids at the gym. He's finding yep. purpose. He looks less angry. He's working. He's getting into his work. He's training with discipline. And then he's and going to... Sorry. Uh, th- the last time he visited the social services, he's yeah. almost accepted that he needs to fix up before he's allowed to see his daughter. Yeah, yeah, That's almost like, a promise yeah, to himself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's rejuvenation. Yeah, his character—it's like a, the whole reformation thing going on there. Yeah, in, internally is 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 he's changing mm. as you watch him, and we're watching him. He he's self-reflecting. He's changing. We're watching him, and Forrest Whitaker's character is watching him. Every every few minutes, he looks up and he's watching him. He's watching him. He's mm. seeing how he's performing. He's you know sort of making a judgment call, and then he walks in. We've just seen. We've just seen, and he says, "Yeah, we're gonna start." Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So he's gone through a bit. Just watching Forrest being Forrest, which is hilarious. Yeah. But more importantly, gone. Uh, one eighteen. We're an hour and eighteen in. Uh, he's undergone some kind of training. Uh, just more discipline, I think. Well, he's he's being upskilled. Yeah. He's being told to stop being a thug. Yeah. Stop being a child, effectively. Yeah. To stop to to stop to attacking. Up. Yep. Um, to start to develop himself and, and, and gain those subtle skills that mm. an experienced fighter should have. Yeah. Which is, is it's from so sort of using a bit of fighting um, sort of combat methodology mm. to represent what he needs to do with his character, which is, which is, oh, lovely. Uh, brilliant subtext. Love it. Yes. Um, so yeah, basically he is, uh, I think he's, you can tell he's he just he's continuing to grow up. Uh, he's just had one more appearance in the court uh, as a review to see if he's able to get custody of his child again. Yeah, uh, declined once again, but he took it much uh, more maturely than he did previously. Well, uh, no one's holding him down and covering. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's accepting that he needs to continue to improve if he's going to see his daughter ever again. Uh, he understands that. If he continues the way he was going to go, then his daughter will have the same kind of upbringing he did. Um, and um, yeah, it's it seems to be going well for him. Uh, but he's he's just trying to... There, there seems to be no direction at the moment. He doesn't have a kind of direction. He just need, he knows he needs to improve and see his daughter. And that's his only drive for doing what he's doing. So I thought we should also share the little aside that we had off mic um, about the bar scene. That it was that you you were saying that it was very much of a turning point scene. Yeah, it was a turning point scene. Yeah, but it it was it wasn't a late sort of no return thing or anything like that. No. You can return from that. You can yeah. become a yeah, yeah. again. It was it was more in terms of story mechanics and writing. I would say I was saying it was more of a rebirth scene. Yes, and and to me, um, and I'm not really having had time to reflect on this, but my my impression is that there's no returning to bringing his wife back to life. Mm. He has no value of the possessions that he had. Yep. The only thing in his life that has meaning is his daughter. Mm-hmm. The point at which he lost his daughter, without him realizing that that was going to be an outcome of his actions, was the court case. Yep. So that feels like a point of 
almost like a point of no return that he can't go back to being the person because yeah. this is a self-developmental growth mm. um, sort of storyline here. Yeah. He can't go back to being the person that he was yeah. before that court case. So to me, that was the, in terms of story structure, the point of no return. I, I don't Absolutely. know where it was in the film. I think it was roughly halfway, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, this is cool. So to, to then continue the point you're just making, which is... Um, can't really see where to, where it's going to go from here. Yeah. Where, where to go from here? Uh, it feels like he, there is a bit, there's been turning and growth and rebirth, and well, yeah. Now what? Mm. It kind of it's kind of there was a bit of a there was a little a small allusion to it where um, Tick was sitting in the bar yeah. before Billy walked in, <clears throat> and he saw um, what's his face Escobar. Uh, Oh yeah, he yeah. Beat yeah. the previous guy up, and yeah. he was now the the new champion, light light heavyweight champion. Yes. Uh, to which point Billy walked in, so there was a small kind of allusion to. But I, I like what they've done that they've made that because he's been suspended; he's not a pro fighter anymore. Yeah. And so that seems they've made it. It feels so. It's not like you know when you're watching Rocky. There's always that sort of tension and mm. goading each other and banter and all this kind mm. of stuff going on. And you feel like, yeah, he just wants to fight and train and get back in the ring. Mm. And the point is the fight. Here, the fight is not the point. He's so far from it. There's almost if he never became a fighter again, it would still be a, a story. Yeah. If he just got his daughter back, yeah, it's because just about his daughter. Because there is a fight, but the fight isn't in the ring. It's outside the ring. As, as cheesy as that might sound, yeah, he is in another fight, and as I guess on a simplistic level, it's a fight to get his daughter back, but it's also yeah. a fight to kind of bring himself out of the, the childish shell that he was in. Um, but yeah. Okay. I'm not going to make any guesses as to where it's going to go. Let's watch it. Quick one. Uh, we're about three minutes from the last point, but okay. uh, I just picked something up from that. Um, he's obviously formed a relationship with uh, one of the kids he's training in the in the um, gym. Yeah. Uh, but that growth that we're talking about, his his maturity levels are, are spiking now because he's picked up, he's noticing things that he probably wouldn't have noticed before. He's looking at details. He's just said that the kid's been wearing the same clothes for the, for the last two days. Yeah. That's a detail. That's, that's things that I would have assumed he wouldn't have seen before. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. he yeah. has that, um, level of maturity he's being responsible he's looking after another human being he's also not acting like a grunt when the charity guy came yeah he's yeah. just kind of saying yeah it feels nice to be wanted yeah he's appreciating that he is it's like he's at this point accepted that he is <clears throat> he's just a regular person mm. he's a nobody like the rest of us we're mm. all nobodies really he's being grounded he's yeah. he's he's there now uh, he's just about kind of almost accepted that he's a normal person and he's fo- and he's worried about the kid. Yeah. So he's focusing on someone else other than himself yeah. and thinking, oh, oh shit, what should we do about this kid? He's, he's shit. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's cool. He's just uh, we're about uh, one hour and twenty six minutes in, so we're about half an hour away from finishing the film. Mm. Um, he's just had Ooh. the charity fight. I've seen that. Yeah. Cool. He's just had the charity fight. Uh, and he's won. Um, do you want to say something first, or should I continue? Uh no, I just. I just I paused it. I thought we could talk about. We just talked for a, uh, ten seconds around how it was just a nice, clean, calm fight. Yep. He was laser focused. Yep. He knew what he was doing. He yep. was, you know, he was making the guy miss. Yep. He was landing 
great punches. It's really well choreographed. Yeah, it really feels like watching a boxing match. Yeah, and if you if you com- if you compare the first fight that we had right at the beginning of the film uh, to this, yeah, uh, you can see he's a lot more calmer when uh, he's being cleaned up. Yeah, uh, he's not getting angry. He's again, he's like you said, he's focused. Um, it's brilliant because he's in a different mindset, which is what we're about to see here. Um, yeah, yeah. he's a lot more again going back to the whole adult thing he's, he's more responsible with his actions he's he's taking it he's taking his time and he is um, calculating each move yes yes okay let's get back um, you said that's interesting yeah just a quick observation I, I might be wrong here usually on it I'm, I'm going to compare this to a normal hero's journey right on a hero's journey at this point uh, the hero would have rejected the call to action right but He's accepted it, but he's not. It's almost as though Tick has taken that role as the hero for a split second and he's rejected the call to action. Am I right there? Kind of. Um, It's interesting because Tick is. uh, He kind of also um, doubles up as Billy's conscience. Hmm. Hmm. So it's like he's having a conversation with himself. Yeah. And he's saying, and even though he's being mature and he's mm-hmm. being sensible and he's not saying, I'm going to have this fight for um, um, money. Mm. He's saying, I need the money. Yep. I don't want to lose my daughter. Yep. Well, you've got a job, you live in. Mm. Get on the drug test and be good behavior and you'll get your daughter back. Yeah. But this is more. This mm-hmm. is trying to get back to where he was. It mm-hmm. was. It's borderline revenge. It's reclamation. It's all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and I think suddenly it's not about fame so much anymore. It's, it's like you said, it's about... Well, it's nice because by Tick doubling up as his conscience, what his reason his reason there was a calm, focused request. Don't let me lose my daughter. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't. I'll lose, it's for my daughter. Which is... Uh, it's a pretty low blow. Mm-hmm. Because it's not, hmm. not at all. He'll still get his daughter back. Yeah. He can still get another job. There's yeah. other, there's not like this is the only thing he can do. It's, this is what he wants. Mm. And is he really going to go into business with someone like that 50 Cent character? Yeah. Jordan. Jordan, yeah. Again. Who's just a Snake. cretin. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's where it's nice. Because yeah. Tick's reaction is like, don't fucking talk to me. But it, it was also interesting because the tapping of his finger on the book signified that he was obviously thinking about it for a second. Yeah. Um, yeah, because he seemed logical yeah. explanations. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So he, and, and I also like the fact that um, as you're entering the climax of the story and you get to this turning point, which feels like, yes, opportunity. It's going to go somewhere. And nah, Tick says no. Yeah. But it's so it's it's interesting because it's panning out like a hero's journey still. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah it's whatever. Uh, we're in, we're at the climax of the film where he's facing uh, Miguel Escobar for the championship uh, in Vegas. This is the big fight. We're about halfway through the fight, and he's suffering a few losses uh, rounds wise, and he's bleeding from his eye now. Uh, I, I'm I'm not sure about you, but it's fairly easy to see where it's going to go from here it's good um he had that conversation with tick um about the kid that died yeah 
uh, and it was like going back to the whole talking with this conscious reaction. It was why are we rationalizing this? Why don't we embrace opportunity? And it and it comes back to that whole sort of um, conversation around purpose and being, which is nice. And Tick suddenly turned around and says, "Well, you can you do this?" So yeah, I can't do it without you. Yeah. I've only got, only got six weeks, mm. so they covered six weeks um, with a montage. Yep, obviously. Has to be. <laughs> uh, great training montage. It was good. It was yep. good. He was like getting more and more focused, more mm-hmm. and more ribbons across that ring, mm. jumping in and out of them. Mm. Uh, eventually, I thought they'd just cover it with a blanket and it was just ripping his head <laughs> up through the blanket. But they, didn't, they didn't go that far. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Excellent. <laughs> and... Um, I love the fact that his daughter's there and she's watching it mm. and he's gone in with only six weeks of training mm. to fight the world champion light heavyweight boxer yep. and he's losing as would be expected. He should lose. Mm. So what they've now got is the setup because the, the, the final bit of a film of this film and most films is a mini movie. Yep. Um, and in this mini movie, he's taken on this impossible challenge and he's losing at it mm. and he now needs to do the impossible to overcome and become the hero. Yep. How is he going to do that? Mm. What will be the thing that changes? What will be the motivating factor? Yeah. I can make some easy predictions, but I won't. Let's yep. see if they play out. Yeah. All right. All right. That was it. Billy Hope ended up winning, went back to the locker room, saw his daughter, and everything was forgiven. And she just said, let's go home. Um, those last words of his wife. I'm going to turn this down. So, yeah. Thoughts? Nice soundtrack. I know. That's cool. Um, let's wind this right down. In fact, might not be able to edit if I have this playing in the background. <laughs> so let's cut that off. Uh, oh, wow. That's a really cool film. Um, and that was an interesting experience. Pausing yep. it, pausing a film I've never watched before. Yep, and sort of picking it apart as we went along. Mm-hmm. Um, how 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 was the sort of um, analytical experience for you? Because you have seen it before. Um, definitely picked up on things I hadn't picked up on before. Um, the the bit where you spoke about where. Um, where there was the the shot of the silhouette in the police station. Oh yeah, uh, that was interesting. Uh, I hadn't picked up done that. that, was a nice up done touch. that yeah, um, but no, it was it was it was great. I think definitely puts the film in a different perspective when you look at it from an analytical perspective. It's good. Yeah, it's cool. It's a good experience. Um, I think we should do this again with something else. Um, I'm glad it was a a good film. Um, yeah, I, I actually regret not watching that in the cinema. How old is this? When did it come out? Uh, this year. Or last year? No, this year. I'm sure it's this year. Yeah, it was. It was a a, a good tidy up of all the loose ends and a nice closing final scene. Um, last year, sorry. Nice, you know, ending smile from Money Penny and everything. So yes. <laughs> all right, cool. Uh, I Excellent. guess that's the end of this episode because the yeah. film's finished. Um, anything else we need to cover? No, I think we've we did that really well. Yeah. Okay, well, if you like this, check us out on iTunes, hit subscribe, and add us to your collection. 
We're also on Stitcher, if that's your thing. We're on Facebook as well, facebook.com forward slash movieville. That's M-O-V-I-E-V-I-L-L-E. Uh, we're both on Twitter at movieville cased for me and at Kushal Joshi for Kushal. Um, and that's been it. We're always happy to hear feedback, so let us know if there's anything we've missed or anything that you think about this. Uh, see you in four.